Hello again everybody and welcome back to another episode here with me, your host, The D is Silent. It's about 6.20 in the morning on a Friday, July the 8th um, of Friday. We're out here getting ready to go to work. And um, let's get back to some entertainment topics. Uh, let's review it. Let's do a review, a quick review. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you've been warned. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, what I thought about it, how it went, you know, see if we can, how much we can get covered before I get to actual work. Um, the movie was good. I thought this is probably... Easy, this is easily the best Thor movie that's come out. Um, with the proper villain, with the proper storyline, with proper uh, portrayal of Thor, and and actually, um, this is probably the best work that the actor known as Chris Hemsworth has done with the character, I believe, uh, because he this one had more range than literally any other Thor movie uh, they really had Thor going through it all in this movie uh, and the, the direction of the movie is phenomenal um, I come out right out the back I, probably in the Thor realm this is probably a 9 out of a 10 this is right up there with Ragnarok if not uh, maybe even better in the direct direct the director uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name um you know the director. If you watch the Thor movies, uh, he directed Thor Ragnarok, and I thought Thor Ragnarok was phenomenal. Uh, to me, I was like, "This is a Thor movie. This is what Thor is always was supposed to be." You know, and no, and no shade to uh, Thor: Dark, The Dark World and Thor: The OG, but this was this was really the. You know, Ragnarok was really how it was supposed to be. But I think that was also due to Chris Hemsworth coming into the character a little bit more. Um, having taken a stab at it a couple times and being in, in Avengers, uh, the original Avengers and so on and so forth. This was a phenomenal um, movie. As far as Thor goes, was it, is it Avengers Endgame great? No, by no means was it, uh, I, you know, and I felt that the movie kind of had a flavor of it separating itself from what's been going on recently, uh, as far as multiverse travel and having the good doctor, you know, appear in the movie, you know, they kind of went away from that, um, cause they didn't need to. This movie, uh... Again, I, I give it a nine out of a ten. I, I think the movie was, the movie was epic. None, you know, through and through. I, I didn't find there's not very much that I didn't like about the movie. The movie is funny, uh, definitely funny. Um, the action was great in there, and I think that again, the villain was it was a proper villain. See, I. I loved Hela. I loved Hela in Ragnarok. 
But I kind of felt like it, it wasn't a proper... She didn't really fight that much uh, with Thor and and Loki. She really showed up. They dipped out. She took over Asgard. And then they came back at the last second to save Asgard. They did not really tussle with each other so much. This one, Gore, uh, played by Christian Bell, tussled with, you know, Thor... Uh, for a bit there um, you know early on in the movie uh, midways during the movie and then at the end of the movie like for a, a one off villain I, I kind of felt that and actually you kind of I, I myself was rooting for Gore because of what he stood for um Again, the the villain, the villain that Gore was, you almost can't even paint him as a villain. I almost assuming, you know, and he explained, and they explained it, you know, very well. It, it, you almost don't even feel that he's the bad guy in this movie. Um, I want to say the true villains of the movie are all of uh, Olympus. If you haven't seen the trailer or heard by now it's omnipotent city uh zeus and his cast of cronies and all the other gods truly villainous out there uh not willing to help the people not interfering um you know holier than thou and gore uh essentially comes about comes across the means to wipe out gods and you know after losing his daughter to a severe drought and just famine in any number of things i mean i'm assuming his civilization was snapped in half as well by thanos some of them came back but came back to what uh more famine, more hunger, and you know, perhaps Thanos was right still, even under Gore's circumstances. They didn't really get into it, but essentially, it's just him and his daughter left to the last of their peoples worshiping a god that did not care about them. And you know, as he pleaded for help. None was given, none was shown, and he took it upon himself to start offing all gods. He became across the Necrosword, and uh, the story begins. And I think that's a, I think that's actually a very, very plausible and very, very based in reality. You know, you go through your day, your day to day lives in this world. You know, if you were born like me, and I was born in '85, and I think people born in the '90s, even early '80s, we've lived through 20. I've lived through 20 um, historical, you know, events, and it's just 
it's a mind fuck thinking it just doesn't stop. 9-11, um, a great recession, a calamity of money. I've lived through, I'm living through a severe drought. Uh, I lived through a, a COVID, a, a global pandemic. Uh, I've lived through, I'm living through 20 years of war. Uh, I'm living through, I mean, what am I not living through? And like every other year, you know, mass shootings in school. And where, you know, if I was a God-fearing man, like Gore the God Butcher was, and you start to see that there's no help. There's just none. And that, and that's what I kind of feel like his, his little story within the movie was very, very uh, well done. Uh, he was seeking for a way to end the God's reign and perhaps put the power back into people's hands or, I mean, his, you know, and punishing them for not, you know, helping. And I, I think that, I think that, again, you end up rooting for him because he's, ultimately, he's doing it for his daughter. Um... Which could be a prelude to other villains coming forward that actually win. And not to say that Gore the God Butcher doesn't win. Because in the end of the movie, he does get what he desires. And I kind of feel like, again, like he did not necessarily beat Thor. But he came. He didn't lose either. It was a 50-50 wash with Thor saving the gods. Which actually might have... You know, if you're going all the way post credits, might have done him in. But what happens in the movie? So, Thor is with the Guardians, and he's only with the Guardians for a cool minute. And I'm kind of wondering, uh, the Guardians look like they're in shambles. You know, they look also a little bit more beefed up after several. Dozens, maybe even hundreds of of jobs that they've done. You know, they're, they're a well-rounded team now. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3 would be interesting to see as far as where they're going. Because they're taking off to go do Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I know the Ravagers are out there for them. Uh, the search for Gamora, I think, is still going to go. But tentatively, they kind of swept Gamora under the rug. Which... We shall see. We shall see what happens. Because I don't think they're looking for Thanos. Which the title of Thanos may have passed on to Gamora. Which is what I'm thinking. Similar to the title of Thor. Has passed now to... Jane. Or did, did pass to Jane. Uh... And the movie goes through a lot of different ups and downs. There's a lot going on in the movie. They gave Jane cancer, which is uh, actually comic book accurate. But she becomes Thor uh, off of that notion. And they get into a little bit of the backstory of Thor and Jane's relationship. Uh, They spend some time in New Asgard and they bring back Matt Damon as Loki. And his counterpart. Uh, 
and I and actually there's a lot there's a lot of cameos that aren't because I swear to God I, I saw Count Dooku was playing a flute or something uh, the, I can't think of that actor's name but he was in there I seen the girl I can't think of her name she's funny as hell uh, she's in Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters and she plays uh, Hella. You got Matt Damon. You got that little skit. Um, you got a lot. There was actually a lot of cameos of other movies in there. And I was like, yo, like, they just went all out on this. And actually, this is, uh, I think it's Taiki or Taiki or I'm not sure how to say his name. That That's him. Because and if you watch... Uh, Thor Ragnar, there's cameos all over the place that I didn't notice at first. Um, and, okay, so, and then after that, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's just a lot of Easter eggs, the Infinity Cones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, new Asgard turned into uh, an Asgard um, home, but, uh, but then also into a tourist destination and, and I actually think that's that's legit that's legit if there's one thing that the world does here it's hey sell some shit and turn it into a Disney attraction and that's essentially what they did with New Asgard and I kind of hope that uh, they do that and actually Disney have a New Asgard a little realm with you know it's New Asgard and you know Voila. But they have they have cruise ships there. They give a tour of you know Thor's hammer that was shattered by Hela. You know, tour of the town. Stay there in little hotels. It looks like a little. It looks like a little Danish town actually. A little uh, Viking town. Um, they had to play obviously, and there was people watching it instead of as Guardians watching it was Earthlings watching it. And, uh, yeah, all of that, you know, is phenomenal. And Gore comes in at night and attacks the city. Takes 20 Asgardian kids, which may have been his downfall, but I don't really... But then again, he didn't really have a downfall, so... Essentially, Thor becomes aware of... With the Guardians, he becomes aware of Gore the Butcher and... He goes to he goes to Earth to New Asgard to help the Asgardians, and I come to find out that there's already a Thor that's been there for a little bit, the new Thor. And I wonder, uh, and I'm wondering now how much of Jane's Thor story is going to be expanded upon. I'm sure she'd be willing, Natalie Portman, to reprise the character. And that's kind of one thing I took away from the movie at the end of it. It said Thor will return. And they did not clarify. And I think that's absolutely phenomenal that they did that. As to who, which Thor story is continuing. Uh, because I believe both of them are continuing. Uh, and if you go post credit scenes all the way at the very end. Jane ends up in Valhalla with Heimdall. And I'm, I'm assuming Odin. So they have... The trinity of people up there to 
do something, if something is needed to be done. Uh, and if you pay attention to a lot of the com- a lot of the heroes end up in Valhalla because they get washed in real life. And I don't, I wouldn't doubt it if all of a sudden there starts being a lot of people in Valhalla and not a lot of people left in the realm of the living. And that's going to become a big thing, I think, going forward, which is something that, you know, something that I suspect is coming. And I also, of long since, suspected uh, other things coming, but this movie really cemented for me which which route they're taking. Uh, but continuing with the movie, they, they scrap with gore. He takes the kids, uh, Jane and, and Thor, obviously, catch up a little bit. They hatch a plan to go visit Zeus because Zeus can help stop what Gore's doing. They visit Zeus and Zeus pretty much is an asshole. <laughs> Played by Russell Crowe and uh, actually... I kind of feel like that is an accurate portrayal of Zeus, too. They've had, you know, I've seen Zeus in a number of things, and I'm kind of wondering in the back of my head, and I wonder this throughout the, you know, obviously Zeus exists, and I was kind of hoping for a Hades uh, appearance. He didn't, they didn't drop him, they dropped uh, another key figure. Uh, but there's got to be Poseidon has got to be there and I think they all but showed I have to go back and look at all the gods that were in the god arena I was trying to look for Khonshu and, and other beings of the Egyptians uh, I've seen a lot I've seen a lot of South American gods obviously like Aztec and which is kind of leading me to believe that, you know, Namor is coming. Uh, as it's already been rumored that he's going to be from, you know, South America, which is fine. Um, but yeah, there, I was looking, I was trying to look for the Egyptian gods. I didn't see any. But basically, Zeus turns out to be a giant asshole and you know just an asshole and he doesn't help Thor and actually tells Thor that he cannot leave uh, Omnipotent City because if Gore catches up with him uh, he could kill him and find out where Omnipotent City is and thus he can't leave but then Thor and company they strike back they take his lightning bolt and throw it at him and essentially kill him for the time being and they jack his lightning bolt and, and boogie on out of there. Uh, then they head out to go set foot on to try to get to Gore's shadow realm. And basically, you know, they square up with him like a second time and they lose. Uh, Jane gets beat up. Thor gets beat up a little bit. Uh, they threw Stormbreaker way the fuck out there. Gore stabs uh, King Valkyrie. Uh, 
and uh, basically, you know, he's won. He ends up he ends up both with the Necrosword and Stormbreaker. Meanwhile, Jane and Thor and King Valkyrie head back to New Asgard and to you know they get they 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 got beat a little bit. After that, you know, the story becomes clear that Jane is dying. Thor does not want her to die. Thor doesn't want her to be Thor because the cancer is killing her. Uh, every time she becomes Thor, it's eating away at her. Okay. Uh, and at that point, you know, basically Thor is like, I'm going to score up with Gore the Butcher uh, in the center of the universe and he uses Zeus's lightning bolt to get there and he's gonna go save the kids he doesn't know he doesn't have a really have a plan but he's gonna go he ends up there and he arms the children uh, Gore's opening this gate to eternity which is essentially grants you a wish of whatever you want and Gore's going to try to wipe out all the gods lines up Stormbreaker opens the Bifrost meanwhile Thor is arming the children uh, and that has to be the, the end battle scene has to be one of the best end battle scenes I've ever seen in a movie uh, it, I mean it, was, it had everything you wanted in it uh, and especially everything you wanted in the Thor and this is probably the best battle scene I've seen since Endgame. Uh, uh, more so than the battle between Doctor Strange and Wanda, between Carmitage and Wanda, better than... This is better than Civil War. Uh, the mid-fight scene in Civil War. This is better than the end-fight scene in Civil War. The, the, to me, to me, this is better. And I'll tell you why, because it, they had fun with it. it they gave they gave the kids the power of Thor and everybody was rolling around with their own uh weapon their own their own Mjolnir as I butcher that uh they all rolling around and and they had they picked some very fun toys uh the kids got super powered and they just started kicking ass they were the they're they're the new Asgard the young Asgardians um and then you had Thor show up. You had the Butcher show up. You had his creatures that they had. The shadow creatures were, I thought, were phenomenal. Especially when they were on his planet. Um, I like that they were kaiju-sized for Thor. And they weren't just easily beatable. Like, you could just summon them out of nowhere. And actually, in the Shadow Realm in this Necro world, I think is going to come... We're going to touch back on later. Because they just barely touched on the surface of of things. They just barely touched on things here. Uh, but ev- but eventually and then Jane shows up to help because Thor's getting his ass kicked again. And they end up breaking his necrosword. But the gate to eternity does open. And he essentially walks through the kids are free. Jane and, and Thor end up it's the three of them in front of eternity but Gore is the one who's able to ask his wish 
And Thor tells him, I think this is probably... And again, uh, Thor showed much range throughout the movie. From being a lover, from from finding out Jane's dying. uh, To being a hero. To he doesn't want to be a hero. uh, You know, there's no Loki. There's no plan. He's funny. You know, there's just some things that are just dragging Thor down. Mentally, and I'm assuming if you are a god and you live long enough... You know, just like Dracula, things go sideways in a hurry and, you know, there's so many ups and downs of living an eternal life. And essentially he tells Gore, you know, wish what you want. I'm going to spend the last few moments with the person I love, if that's the case. And Gore, instead of wishing for the annihilation of all gods... He ends up wishing to spend the last few moments of his life with his daughter. And his daughter comes back. And Gore asks Thor to... As Jane fades away into nothingness, she dies. Gore dies, but he just before he does die, he asks Thor to take care of his child. Of his daughter. And he does. And that's how the movie ends. Uh, basically, Gore got what he wanted, what he actually wanted, saved his daughter's life, uh, given her new life with the powers of a god. And yeah, that's how the movie ends. Now, there is a little bit of post credits which we're going to get into uh, probably when I get off of work. But there's a lot to discuss. Um, Hercules shows up. You know, Jane ends up in Valhalla with Heimdall. I'm assuming Odin. Those are the end credits. And Gore's kid in where Marvel is headed is really where I'm focusing in on. Because now the I think the picture is painted rather clearly of what's happening in the Marvel going forward. And now, now I'm almost all of a certain that a certain storyline is taking place. And I can't wait. So hang tight. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm back after that brief pause. I got to start adding little commercials in these things, you know, but whatever's I'm back. Uh, So what do I think about the future of Marvel? Where is it that they're heading? It's obvious that two main themes have emerged in the Marvel Universe, and that is the multiverse. And I think one not so or actually subtly is all the young Avengers that are out there right now, or future Avengers, whatever you want to call it, the next Avengers, um, which was the case here in Ragnarok. And Ragnarok, they threw a bunch. And I actually think that is one of the biggest clues that has come out in a movie so far that, I mean, outside of the Multiverse of Madness, which really opened up the multiverse, um... The future Avengers are probably the Young Avengers or the Heroes of Tomorrow. Um, I, I believe is now is in full swing. I don't know if nobody's caught on to it yet, but again, we seem to have several new characters pop up. God, the Gore Butcher's daughter, to me, um, and Thor is going to be raising her. That fits the cliche of Iron Man, Spider Man. Uh, Doctor Strange and now seemingly American Chavez 
Wanda and her kids. Um, Hawkeye and his trainee. Oh, there's a ton of kids. I'm assuming Captain America is going to have a kid at some point. Uh, Miss uh, Miss Marvel is out there now. Uh, they have a slew of young characters. Uh, uh, Iron Man's kid, which was briefly shown in Endgame, could possibly age up, you know, to the bright age of twelve or high school age by the time you know we gets there. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them. There's a ton of them out there, and I think that's where they're going. America Chavez can cruise the multiverse, and I do believe that we're going to get an Avengers-level event probably in the next four to five films. I know Marvel and Disney have really put out their schedule of what they have going on, but now they're, now it's becoming... I felt that there was no like future vision for Doctor Strange. Like they didn't really press the issue. They just kind of, for the second time in a row, they had just tampered with the multiverse. And actually, Loki was in it too. Loki uh, is cruising the multiverse as well. But I mean, they've been teasing at that. But they haven't yet really said what's going to happen. That's probably going to come Doctor Strange 3. But I kind of feel like an Avengers level event is on the horizon. And based off of what I could tell, I think a lot of the old heads are going to get wiped. Clean off this earth. Somehow, some way. Uh, which would lead you back to Valhalla. Uh, the end scene at the end of Thor now that Valhalla has opened up and we've now seen it visited it we know Jane is there we know Heimdall's there you could assume Odin is there perhaps Tony Stark is there um you know I don't know if Valhalla is exclusively um an exclusive Asgardian thing but I think it's It's, you would assume some of those Valkyries are in there. I mean, there's, again, a lot of avenues opened up to me in Thor. And it's just so fascinating to see all the young, that as, you know, and again, okay, God, uh, Gore, the God Butcher's daughter, who I'm assuming was, they make it seem like she's on the younger side, perhaps. Six, seven, eight, around that age, seeming like kindergarten age, maybe first grade, second grade age. Uh, based off of her shoes, her uh, her fluffy shoes, um, and just her age overall. In the movie, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she was older than ten. I don't think uh, what they're calling her is love. Um, I don't think they're calling love older than ten, maybe eight or nine. But it would be okay if in like a future movie she's already like 12 or 13. But I think they're probably going to keep her young. And I actually think she's probably going to end up somewhere in another movie very soon. Um, Along with Thor. Tagging along with Thor. I think perhaps in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Maybe in... uh, I definitely could see 
Um, the Marvels, I could definitely see her in that movie. Um, perhaps in the Eternals, uh, second Eternals movie. Uh, but they're not letting these characters go, and I think it's just like that's probably that's what Marvel is going for. There, and then maybe maybe they'll have a little adventures. Uh, and I think they I think Thor, Chris Hemsworth's Thor, um, could go for a miniseries in involving him in love, doing little adventures here and there. I think people would eat that shit up all day. Especially since that's stemming from the movie and then leading her off into becoming a full-blown Avenger aside from Thor. Um, I could definitely see that and that's why things like these shows on the Marvel and on Disney Plus really, really, really now um, have some weight to them. Um, and, and I don't want to be a homer. Again, I, I try to keep a lot of things open mind. Uh, I wanted to see the Minions movie and... And Buzz Lightyear didn't get a chance to see the one of those. I went to go see Black Phone, but we'll talk about that maybe later. Um, but this is why Marvel has built this machine. And why it's going to be so hard for Marvel to walk away from it and just end these stories. And for Hollywood to let them walk away or end these stories. Hollywood don't want... And I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cut into this segment because I gotta explain what's going on. A lot of people I know complain on the internet, and they're complaining that these shows are kind of like, yeah, they're so so. They're just little shows, and but this is what they are. They're little shows. They're little snippets of how these characters got started, a la Miss Miss Marvel. Um, you know what happened to uh, the Falcon post Endgame? They gave him a little bit of shine, so when he's comes out as the new Captain America is not such a total like what the fuck moment you know what happened with Bucky and everybody wants to, and I kind of these are just little fillers of the comic books man I don't even necessarily say fillers they kind of have some little bit of weight to them going all the way to WandaVision and then we still don't know what's going to happen with Loki um, there's major massive weight to some of these that obviously if you put them into the movies you're pumping out a lot of movies but the movies are very long um, like a three-hour movie, like an Endgame level movie, and to me, I, I totally understand why theaters don't really like a three-hour movie because that eats up the time. Because it's essentially about a four and a half to five-hour movie. By the time the movies, let's say the movie is three hours long. Prior to the movie, there's obviously there the movie. When, you, when the movie says it starts at 3 They want you in the seats at 3 So that way they can pump at you Like 15-20 minutes of trailers Which is what they used to do back in the day They used to just throw trailers The, the internet uh, wasn't that um, into trailers as it was But it's still, it's still a lot of people It's a very old school method of advertising movies Especially if you know the internet is is hit or miss. I like I didn't know what Black Phone was until almost I saw it, and I didn't know that there was all kinds of other horror movies coming out until I was in the Black Phone movie, watching it. And the same thing happens with these Marvel movies. There's a lot of kids movies that come out. You know, Pause of Fury and this and that that I didn't even know were a movie until 
I seen the little trailer for it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. So when the movie starts at three, you about twenty minutes of trailers. Then you get the full three-hour movie. Then there's about ten minutes of post-credit movie, which is the the ticker tape basically of people who worked on the project. And then the people got to come in and clean it about another 20-25 minutes. So a three-hour movie all of a sudden turns into about five. Five hours of total time. And Hollywood just doesn't make enough money if they can only show the movie four times in a day or less. Three times. The movie's three hours long. You know, three times five is 15 hours. So a lot of time. Versus if you start showing an hour, 30 minutes, two hours, two hour, 10 minutes. You can sneak in another movie or two in that time frame. Um, and that's exactly... But there's so much story out there that Marvel wants to kind of explore. And there's no better way to do it than on Disney Plus and have their own little... Their own little shows, their own little... This is basically like intro... Like Moon Knight was an introduction to Moon Knight. Maybe he'll get a movie. Maybe he'll start appearing in movies soon. You know, who knows? Um... Falcon, you, I'm a, or the new Captain America is obviously going to join movies. Uh, Bucky's there as well. You, you got the new Hawkeye. Elaine is out there. Kingpin's coming. Obviously, Daredevil. There's so much story that Marvel needs to. For all of it to make sense, they have to build up characters because you can't just start throwing characters in the movie. They, they have been fortunate enough to get away with some of that. A la Black Panther, a la Spider Man, you know, and a few other characters. It just kind of like Wong is just he exists, and nobody questions it. Um, you know, there's just some things that, you know, people are like, well, you know, like from what I've heard from the internet is Gore the God Butcher. They just kind of rushed his story and then he was killed off. Fine, but his character to me was really good in the movie for what he served a purpose. I thought he was an excellent villain. Um, His role was excellent. Uh, I liked all the imagery around him, and his motivation was spot on, as I stated earlier. But did he deserve more time, a little bit more in depth, and how he was killing some of these gods? Yes, I would have loved to see. 20 minutes more of him killing different gods cutting them down gathering up army you know getting digging more into his story I would have loved it yes they didn't take away from the movie at all I got I got the point very the Thor Ragnarok the point of the movie was very blunt very blunt uh, there's no hidden meaning there's no political layers to it there's just the movie's point blank uh, the gods had not been doing their work. They kind of forsake mankind. And this is the consequences. A lot of wars and stuff are breaking out. And this really plays in too much into what's going happening nowadays. Whatever. But I, I kind of feel like... As I... You know, that this is why... The machines that is Disney... Is good. Because I do believe now... That... They're going to give Love and Thunder their own little Disney Plus show. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they went back and had a little bit of... You added a little bit of Gore's story into that series as well. 
and the, and Marvel can now do this because I don't think they're gonna let go of that character. Uh, like I said before, the Young Avengers. This pretty much the writing is all over the wall. And my theory going forward is that they're all gonna get wiped. They're all gonna get uh, washed, leaving only a handful of Young Avengers or future Avengers or the Heroes of Tomorrow alive, while the rest of the world burns. And they're going to be sent on the mission to try to take back the world following the footsteps of all the people that came before them. That has been already shown in a lot of comics and a lot of TV series. And I personally can't wait because they already have all these young characters. And I would I would not... And I think fans would love nothing more than to see Thor get wiped, Hulk get wiped, Captain America get squashed. We are, They already had a taste of it we already had a taste of it in the multiverse of madness they killed captain Carter. they killed black bolt reed richards got uh wiped uh captain um supreme marvel got uh ko'd as well and that and that was a that was another treasure trove and see marvel is very good at this i, I totally believe that now um that's the route they're taking is a young Avenger route leading into bringing back these all heads at any means possible and to saving the world from a great threat leading them to perhaps a two-part finale of all this stuff maybe a three-part saga a trilogy of um, a multiverse war or you know maybe fighting Galactus is kind of what I feel like so I really feel as if that's the route they're going, and I'm all for it. I'm I'm in 100% of the way. Uh, there's the Hulklings gonna. I think the Hulklings are already pretty much coming with the Hulk and the She-Hulk. Uh, I believe the Hulkling might be a possibility as well. It's another character. Um, there's so many young characters out there, and I guess Wanda's kids. Uh, showed hints of their abilities in WandaVision and I think Wanda might come back as well but it's all in due time I think we're about 4 to 5 movies out from then us getting something concrete solidly set in stone that yes this is what's happening an Avengers level movie but I don't really know if it's going to be called Avengers more so as it's going to be called something else like the heroes of tomorrow their saga um and that's just what i feel i just that's what i see what i feel how i i kind of feel like that's the way it's going and i'm here for it uh thor love and thunder was good i would love to uh see thor interact with love a little bit more um i almost wish that they would have gotten gotten her into the movie little bit less than three quarters of the way into it maybe gore succeeded in getting her back uh died and maybe her going on a rampage but then ultimately thor and both thors you know convincing her and settling her rage i would maybe something like that but i mean the movie was good i mean this was probably to me this is better than Ragnarok for the sole reason of the implication it has going forward Um, the villain was better 
Gore was better than Hella. Uh, just as many jokes. They added two Thors. Uh, I think the only thing it was missing from Ragnarok to this one is Loki. Which I was like, damn, I was thinking that. I was like, is Loki going to show up at any point? Is anybody else going to show up at any point? Like, it was kind of... But a lot of people were in the movie. So many characters. And it was just fun. It was fun. Fun, fun, through and through. So that said, I'm going to end this little segment here. And uh, find out... Wrap up this episode uh, with something else. I watched Stranger Things. I watched Black Phone. I watched The Umbrella Academy. And I'm probably going to finish off the boys tonight so we are going to have something to talk about might talk about all of them or maybe just one of them we'll see how it goes hang tight welcome back or as i should say i'm back uh so let's discuss let's do um let's do i said i watched stranger things so i'll give a quick review of that um, I did like the season. It was really epic at very times of Stranger Things 4. Um, but they didn't do anything. They didn't kill Vecna. Well, actually, I don't believe they killed Vecna. Um, they killed off like one person. Or actually, they killed off a couple people. They killed off Chrissy. They killed off some other random person. They cut off a couple of random persons. So maybe they were not so random. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't really remember the older old seasons. And then they kill out Eddie. And to me, it's just kind of like okay, like Eleven didn't die. I think it was more of a build up to. It was more of a build up of Vecna than it was of figuring out a Stranger Things or Eleven plot. Kind of building back Eleven. Uh, the old man died. There's a couple of deaths in there, but really, for the most part, nobody really died. Uh, just what it was. Uh, but that doesn't take away from, from the vibe of Stranger Things. It kind of feel like their little team is trying to defy the odds and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I did like... There's things I liked about Vecna, personally. Like, I just like the mystique about him, how he turned out to be one... Um, how he got sent to the Upside Down first and he built a world. Uh, he, his little backstory that was involved in the season about how he was a kid and he was just different. He could do these things naturally. Um, but for being as overpowered as he was, 11 it sure is on par with him and without that much training. Uh, and then she lost her powers for a little bit. So it's kind of... Kind of makes you wonder there how strong Vecna really is. Uh, but beyond that, the season was great. I love the soundtrack to it. A lot of good, you know, 80s songs. That's one thing I liked about Stranger Things from the jump is the vibe of the whole series. How it's kind of set in the 80s, but the fun kind of 80s. Uh, like, to me, it was like the MTV era of the 80s or early 90s. Um, you know, it's got that, it's got that aesthetic to it. Um... Like the and you see it a lot with the walkie talkies, with the clothing, the rollerblade arena. There's a lot of stuff that they go on based off of that, and I kind of like that aesthetic. It was kind of a little bit. Uh, it was a really good, you know, time of mankind. I would, I would think. 
Uh, and then they randomly, you know, they started the season, they gave it a break, and they came back to it. I love that Eddie was playing Metallica, Master of Puppets. Again, the music choice is very good in it. Um, you know, it, it was really good overall. I, I give it two thumbs up. Uh, the couple, only couple of knocks is, I don't know why they waited for, they could have just bumped the, the Stranger Things release up to closer to July if they were, they were going to do. I don't know why they started, gave you like seven episodes and then like, we're like, all right, well now we're, we're going to release another extra two, like two or three weeks later. I guess that was to give you time to chew on things, but if they were going to do that, then they should have spaced it out like one half season and then another half season. Because just having two episodes, even though they were really long, didn't make any sense to me. Uh, it was kind of weird that they did that, but whatever. You know, that that's a little knock. That's just that's just nitpicking. Uh, another nitpick is Vecna. Again, I don't know if he's strong as fuck or if he's weak as fuck. But uh, oh, his his reasoning. I thought the reasoning was really great. Again. The world is ugly. He wanted to change it. He wanted to like start it over from scratch. Him and Eleven. Uh, he was done over by, you know, Papa trying to control him, use him as a weapon. He didn't want to do that. He didn't understand his powers. He he understood what was going on around him, and he knew that this world was kind of messed up. Uh, so his reasoning was there. Uh, you know, I I totally get that. There, there's a lot I did like about it. Uh, I, I did like about it. Uh, I like the Hellfire Club. I like the the actually the, when they're playing the game is kind of a foreshadowing. It's a twenty to one roll of whether or not they're going to beat that guy. That's actually what it turned out to be. Um, you see a lot of influences to me in other shows in that show. Like I kind of felt like it was blending itself a little bit with like Riverdale. Uh, you know, they they actually name drop and reference other stuff. Like they were like, I don't know if they were talking about Vecna, and they were like, "Well, who's this Vankman guy?" Like meaning Ghostbusters, which they did before. There's a lot of stuff like that. There's they do that. They did that a lot of times. Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff that they do that is really cool and clever in the show. Is what why I kind of like the show from the jump. Um, it's an iconic show, actually. Uh, but with all that said, I don't want to drag it out too long. Uh, it's two thumbs up. If you haven't seen Stranger Things, you're not part of the phenomenon. Uh, watch it at your own pace. It's really good. Um, I guess season four, probably like an eight and a half out of a ten. And I don't know if I gave Thor, but I give Thor a nine out of a ten. I really love this Thor movie, and I think the internet, you gotta, you gotta well watch these movies at your own pace, at your own style. You can't let the internet decide what's good for you, or what you're gonna like, and you can't go off of fucking Rotten Tomatoes either. Uh, sometimes you can, because if it's, like, Morbius, Morbius, if that's rated really low, critics and rated really low on Rotten Tomatoes, whatever, but this one had, a, like, 80% tomato uh, fan and like a 60 or 70% critics 
And I and I get the critics just don't they want to see something with a better better story. But I thought the story fit really good for Thor. Um on all on all levels. So I don't really know what the hate is on the internet about Thor. But I get that about it. I get that again, it's not the most perfect movie I've ever seen, but maybe it's like an eight point seven five to a nine. I I rake it up there to me it's just as fun uh of a movie as Ragnarok. Um, it's a lot different than Doctor Strange's. Doctor Strange's movie to me was a bit more serious. It was a bit more adultish, you know, with the Scarlet Witch talking about hexes and multiverse and a lot more deaths. Obviously, Ragnarok was a little bit more light. So I think they they need that in the in their vein of Marvel was the lightness. But Moving on from that, I also watched The Umbrella Academy Season 3, which is, again, The Umbrella Academy takes what Marvel does and applies it to a whole other cast and crew. With, and actually, um, both the boys and... We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the boys and a little bit about The Umbrella Academy. Those are kind of similar shows. And as a matter of fact, they're both on Season 3s. Uh I like the Umbrella Academy's characters, like Five, Diego, Luther. Uh, I like the Sparrow Academy characters, Ben. I like their characters a little bit more so than the boys' characters because the boys are just really parodies of other comic book teams and more specifically DC with a little less Marvel flair but a little bit more kind of trying to show you like a rated R version of what DC should be um but the Umbrella Academy knocks it out the park uh, they handled uh Elliot Page's real life transitioning uh very well in the show uh and they didn't have any confusion about it I think they kind of they put it out there they said if anybody have a problem with it and they kept it pushing uh, Vanya became Victor, which I'm, you know, I'm okay with. I think a lot of people, uh, especially again, this is one of those things that's on the internet, and the two shows are very similar. Uh, Elliot Page, I don't forget what Elliot Page's former name was. Um, obviously, transition transsexual in real life and then on the show went from Vanya to Victor with just a haircut uh, but it didn't really take away from the show and I think if you listen to the internet and you listen to a lot of people in real life the show was fine did not push any agenda on anybody did not like overly have any sort of a gay tone but I think there is a, uh, no, there is a gay tone too the Umbrella Academy with Klaus has probably been gay this whole time. I'm almost positive of that, but I'm not sure. Um, so, I mean, you know, Victor's presence did not mean the whole show went gay. It's far from it, as a matter of fact. And um, overall, the, the season was good. I understand that they're kind of, they're having their own multiverse problems, jumping timelines and things of the nature and um, the Google Blitz uh, was actually a great thing that they did. I really loved how they explained black holes. It's a black hole collapsing in on itself and taking the universe with it. 
and and the universe was pretty much down to just the hotel the Obsidian Hotel or Oblivion Hotel um, that was it that was like they came down to that and the, the Umbrella Academy had to save the universe again um, and, and I'm just kind of wondering just spoiler if you haven't seen it but you should have seen it by now the Umbrella Academy's powers all got stripped from them. It'd be kind of interesting to find out what's going to happen if they do a season four going forward. Obviously, they can. But it'd be interesting to find out exactly what happens if they do, if any members get killed, uh, if they come back. What's going to happen there? Um, and, and similarly on The Boys... Um, I got mixed reviews about the boys. I thought some elements of the boys within the season, the season three really started really good. I didn't really care for season two. Uh, and there's some absolutely mind-boggling things that happened in season two that just not, they just kind of swept under the rug, which is, I mean, I guess, okay, whatever. Like the super soldier encampment school thing. Where they were giving regular people... What happened to that? They never even talked about that again. Kind of just threw that whole thing away when it was kind of a big thing in season two. The little... I don't know if it was a sanctuary or what it was. Like It was almost like an insane asylum. But then they just kind of did that. And I know season two ended a certain way. Like They were by there and they never got back to it. Stormfront, they killed completely off. Uh, which I thought shouldn't have happened but it happened whatever um I like that they took a direct stab at the Marvel Universe cause I, I, I always kind of felt like the boys is basically the rated R fucked up version of DC you got Homelander is basically the evil Superman Noir is basically the, the evil Batman you got A-Train is basically the Flash you got the Deep who's Aquaman you got Maeve who's basically Wonder Woman and that's basically the team, right? I, I might be missing other people. Butcher kind of reminds me of... He doesn't actually remind me of anybody, but... Uh, the Punisher in his thought process. Um, but he's also... I think he, if you... Obviously, if you're going to talk about Superman, you'd have to talk about Lex Luthor... Uh, as being his arch nemesis, and he doesn't remind remind me of that. Kind of reminds me of more of a Punisher character, especially with the way he's dressed up and his abilities, um, his natural abilities. But then he becomes like an evil, evil Superman, and you know, throughout the season, um, I like that they they finally gave me something I could more latch onto is a, Mar- a Marvel character and that is Soldier Boy which is basically literally word for word bar for bar uh, nugget for nugget is basically he's Captain America and that's when they even call him Soldier Boy and he even has a shield and he was, he wasn't on ice he went his team payback betrayed him back in like the 50s or 40s or whenever put him on ice well, not put him in ice. Put him in a cryo lab in Russia for like fifty years, and then you know Butcher and company, the boys actually went to go try to find the weapon that could kill Homelander. 
Turns out Soldier Boy is Homelander's father. So the interesting dynamic happens there. Uh, Soldier Boy comes back to kill everybody. And, you know, the season was good. I felt like there was only like an episode or two in there where I was like, that was kind of pointless. Like, everybody made a big thing about Herogasm and how that was going to be the craziest, most X-rated superhero thing we're ever going to see. I didn't really feel it was that bad. Uh, yeah, there was, ex- you know, excessive titties showing around and there was wieners everywhere, but it wasn't like a pornography. And as a matter of fact, the herogasm part of it was only about 20 minutes, I think. Uh, and, and to me, the herogasm episode, aside from the sex stuff, which was like, you know, they made it out to be bigger than what it was. Um, the best thing about the episode was Soldier Boy, Homelander, and Butcher, uh, and Huey scrapping. And actually, it was a three three on one. And I actually thought they were going to get Homelander's ass, and but they didn't get it. They didn't get his ass. Uh, I thought that was that was the coolest part of that episode. And that was probably to me that fight sequence was the coolest of the season. Uh, they should have done a little bit more onto that fight scene and less on the bullshit that led up to Herogasm to them getting there. Um, that's just my opinion. But overall, the season, the ending of it, I'm, I got mixed reviews again. I didn't really feel that it ended well. The season didn't end well. Not like season one ended. Season one is when you find out about the kid, you find out about, you know... Oh, you find out all that stuff about Butcher and Homelander. And that was like the greatest. In season two, they kind of fucked off from that. And it ended kind of whack with them beating up Stormfront. Uh, and then again, this season two ended kind of whack. Uh, literally nothing happens. Just like season two, literally nothing happens. Like I don't know why, Like to me... They didn't kill Soldier Boy. They didn't kill Homelander. Uh, all that happened was Maeve lost her powers and Butcher and company took off. You find out Butcher now has got a time frame of 12 months to, 12 to 18 months to live. Homelander's reunited with his son and now they're, they're learning about each other. I guess they're going to do the family father-son thing. And you're going to get the... And that's another that's another Superman. The son of Superman is um you know, long long and I and actually I don't know why the in DC I don't know why they haven't really tapped into that yet. Uh I but that's because DC's a mess and I'm a DC hater, but uh the son of Superman, you know, is a thing, and obviously the son is a thing, and I'm kind of wondering if the son is going to kill the father. Who knows? Uh, but overall, aside from the end, but again, like the ending doesn't. Maeve loses her; she loses her power. She ends, actually ends up saving a lot of the heroes. So I'm kind of wondering now if Homelander recognizes that and he's going to leave her alone. Is she's going to come back in some some other form of capacity? They killed Noir for no reason. Uh, I thought that was kind of. Uh, Hunky Dory as well. Uh, Nora didn't even do shit. It actually, in that, and actually, 
What could he do? Ozzy, he, he didn't even have any superpowers. He was just a guy with swords and guns. Um, and he was kind of pointless from the jump. He wasn't even really in season one. I don't think that much. But they killed him off for no. I don't. I mean, again, I don't know. That kind of just was like Homelander just killed him for no reason. But whatever. I don't know if that's even comic book accurate or whatnot. Uh, and then now Starlight has officially joined the boys. The Deep... It's basically the Deep A-Train in Homelander with the sun. But he's basically told them he doesn't need them. So the Seven is all of a sudden running short on members. Maybe it's going to be everybody versus Homelander going forward. Uh, but then again, it's like I say, like the season didn't really end well. But I I'm gonna give the season about an eight out of a ten. This is a lot better than season two. I don't know. I would have to go back and review what I rated season two, but it wasn't that good. I thought that was actually I wasted a lot of time watching season two. Um, season three was a lot better in a lot more places. Um, you know, and it's probably one of the best fight scenes that I've seen in a superhero genre thing in a minute. Uh, the the scene Butcher Soldier Boy and Homelander all you know and then Huey coming in and Homelander Homelander was shook after that and even Maeve knew it um, but again there's a lot of there's a lot of and, and the boys is kind of funny because it's making fun of a lot of what's happening nowadays especially with Homelander try to convince everybody that Starlight was uh, peddling children around. I don't know. That kind of... He's kind of like if you put Trump... If you put a skinny Trump with the MAGA hat on and a cape and gave him superpowers, it would be him. But... Uh, it was okay. It was... You know, I thought it was okay. Yeah. What else? So that we talked a little bit about Stranger Things. A little bit about... Um, the Umbrella Academy, which uh, the Umbrella Academy is good. I probably give that a, probably like about an eight out of a ten as well. I was kind of wondering about the ending as well. Although they lost their superpowers, but they saved the universe, so you know that was decent. And the boys was really, uh, decent. This was a better season than season two. And uh, and Black Phone. I went to go watch Black Phone with I think Ethan Hawke, and I don't know any of the young kids' names. Um, I think it's a horror, a horror movie, a horror movie. I think I'm not exactly sure what Black Phone was, murder mystery kind of drama, serial killer type of deal. Uh, but the movie was pretty good. I give it like a seven out of a ten. I mean, I can't get too too much into it because I watched it the other day. All I do know is the one thing that just stood out to me that I didn't understand was the brother was a cokehead. And there's literally lived in the same house as a killer. He didn't notice that the brother was fucking killing people. And supposedly he was doing investigations. Uh, Had me kind of twisted up there for a little bit. But I do like the concept of the movie. The guy was a magician abducting kids. Killing them in one house, burying them in another. This is back before there were cell phones and shit like that. So information was hard to come by. He was taking random ass kids. Um, they called him the grabber. Um, 
And then Ethan Hawke was pretty a pretty good villain. I thought like he played the role of like some fucked up psychopath pretty well. Uh, the kid had a good story too. Uh, especially the daughter. I kind of felt that she was like a. I don't know what you call those. Um, not seers, but. Not telepaths either, but she has visions. Maybe a. Uh, I don't know what they're called. I, I know they have a certain name. There might be a seer. Uh, she had like seer powers that she got from being like. I guess her mother was Indian. Or Indian related. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I actually thought the brother was the killer. When the cops went to go talk to him. And he was like doing his investigation. And doing coke. I thought he was the killer. Turns out he wasn't the killer. Turns out he got hit in the head with an axe. Which I was like okay well obviously he's not the killer. So I don't know if they were going for that. That maybe they were thinking that the brother was the killer. And that there, that was a twist. It wasn't really a twist. Um... But then, because it wasn't a twist, I really felt that that didn't make any sense. But, I mean, I'll live with that. Um, The kid tried to escape, like, several different ways. He was talking to the dead kids on the black phone, which I didn't understand. Maybe because his mother, too, was a... um, I'm assuming it was of Indian descent, because there are some Indian kids even in the, the movie. And I think the mom could see and hear things in her dreams and uh, dream walking uh is that what it's called the dream walkers what what the indians have i, th- I know that fucking thing i don't know what it's called at the top of my head you've seen it all it's got feathers on it it's got the little like i don't know you see it all over the place can't think of what that's actually called off the top of my head but um yeah, uh, I guess so that he could. He was getting advice from everybody of how to get out or what to do, and actually, that's how he ended up escaping. Uh, in killing the guy, he ended up uh, killing him and snapping Ethan Hawke's neck, which was pretty cool. Uh, overall, the movie was decent. I I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was overall over the top great either. Like everybody had said, it was like one of the most best. But I I don't think it was bad at all. I'd probably give it, again, about an 8 out of a 10. Uh, a very good concept. I, I like... To me, this movie really shined on the concept. Um, I've watched a lot of horror movies. Watched a lot of different things. Uh, usually, they are really corny. or They give it up at the end as being some cornball fucking, like... Like, like Insidious, when they went to the Astro, it was cornballish. Uh, the Conjuring had some good things going on, and it got kind of dumb at the end. And I hate when the horror movies do. This one didn't. So this is one of the ones I had. I mean, I don't know how many more times I'm gonna watch it, but it's decent movie. Uh, they they left the cornball shit out of the movie. The only really wacky part was the brother. Again, that was I don't know if they why they wrote him in that way. Uh, he could have just escaped another way, but. They had him in there. It doesn't knock too much of the movie. Again, it, uh, I, I think the movie is a one-off. So, you know, uh, it's a one-off movie. I don't know if they're going to do a part two. I don't know if there will be a black phone too. And I hope there isn't because they killed, they killed the guy. So, and the brother. So I don't really know if they could be a part two. But it's neither here nor there. 
it's still a pretty good movie. I haven't seen a horror movie like that in a minute, especially one that I was thought was okay. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna get this up. You guys do what you want with the information. I love Thor. I give it about a nine out of ten. I give it it's just as good as Ragnarok, and I think it's funny and hilarious and fun and. There's a lot of great things that go on with it. And it's a great Thor movie. So, fuck what you heard on the internet. Go watch that shit. I, and not just because I'm a I'm an MCU stan. That shit was pretty funny. And Gore, the God Butcher, was really good as a villain. Really phenomenally done. I loved his the imagery behind him as well. If we get him later on down the road in a series... Uh, they made Gore the God Butcher very, a very, very likable character and very, very well done artistically. Uh, that's one thing that I'm going to give Ragnarok more so than even the Multiverse of Madness. Is it's visually, I think visually is done hella well. Um, probably one of my, to look at, one of the best films to look at, I think. Uh, but with all that said, guys, I'm out. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Laters.